Good morning. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for once again allowing us to be here and to spend time meditating on your truths, proclaiming them to each other, and and hopefully being changed by them. I pray that you would work during this time uh, in our hearts to do things that we can't do for ourselves. I pray that you would speak through me during this time, using your word through my words to, to reach out and touch hearts and to do what only you can do. <clears throat> pray that we would, as a result of coming here, see more and more the beauty of Christ and the beauty of his church and the beauty of what he has done, the work that he has done as a servant, giving himself in love for us. I pray that these next several minutes would go exactly how you want them to. And in Jesus' name, amen. So we've been going through Thessalonians, and uh, we have several visitors here today. So um, usually what we do with our preaching series is we just go through uh, books of the Bible. Um, We've been through Acts, Hebrews... Uh, several smaller books, and Thessalonians. So we spent an extended amount of time going through Thessalonians, and last week we finished going through First and Second Thessalonians after spending several months working through them verse by verse. Um, and now that we're here at the conclusion of those two letters, we wanted to provide a recap of all that content. So this is something that we've made a habit of doing after spending a lot of time looking closely at small passages, we want to finish by looking back and hopefully seeing the, the big picture. Um, it's kind of like climbing a mountain, is the way that I think about it. So you're going through this trail and you see like all the particulars, you see individual trees, animals maybe, rocks, streams, you get all the detail. And then once you get up to the top, you can kind of look out and see the whole big landscape that's been formed. So I'm kind of hoping that that is what happens Uh, Today, as we just kind of take all of this in, Uh, we want to look back on the letters to the Thessalonians and reflect on them before we move on to our next extended study. So then let's look back. As I read through and studied and preached and listened to preaching about these two letters uh, from Tanner, the things the thing that stuck out to me, the thing that I ended up remembering the most about them is just how encouraging they were. I don't know if that's true of anybody else, but to me it seemed like the whole, the whole thing was just one big encouragement to the church in Thessalonica. They were written by a caring pastor, Paul the Apostle, who wanted to affirm and uplift and motivate the church that, had been, that he had been involved in starting so that they would continue to live properly as the church. 
even in the midst of affliction, even in the midst of hardships, which they were going through. And he wanted all of their eyes to be fixed on Jesus, not on themselves and not on their own problems, but they want, he wanted them to see Jesus as their only Savior and Lord who saved them individually and unified them as a church and overcame the world and all of its problems in order to give them life and hope and purpose. So these are deeply encouraging truths that will get you through the best days and the worst days. So I'm going to do something that for me feels very weird. Um, I want to speak these truths to you. So, I and Dale and Tanner want to speak these words to Christ's reconciled church. In the name of God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, may he give you grace and peace. We, as your spiritual leaders, give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. You are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and you are loved by God. And you have been chosen by him. We know this because the gospel has come to you not merely in words, but in the Holy Spirit who works inside of you, convicting you. Like us, you have received the word of God with joy, even though most of the world around us scoffs at it and seeks to put our witness to death. Even though our church is a very simple and humble representation of the body of Christ, you have found joy in the gospel. And in so doing, you have become an example to all believer, to believers in the surrounding area who have looked at our simple expression of faith and have seen something worth emulating. The word of God has gone out from here, from this church, so that when we have spoken to others, even some people we don't know, they have reported back to us that this is a church that is serious about the Bible. True story. Others have gone out from here to reach other parts of the nation and have confidently reported back to us that this church emphasizes strong biblical doctrine and real Christian community in ways that aren't found everywhere. God has done work through you, and you have turned away from your own idols to serve him. And as you wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath of God that is going to come. Our ministry here is not in vain, meaning that it's not without fruit, and it's also not self-serving. The elders of this church came here in humility, with, (laughs) with nothing, and seeking nothing from you, except to preach and to live out the word of God, even though we knew it would be one of the hardest things we had ever done. Believe me when I say that we are not here to promote ourselves or to please people. We are here as men who have been entrusted with the message of the gospel to proclaim it to you in order that we may please God, to whom everybody, every one of us, must give an account. We're not here to get money from you, even though it is well within our rights as gospel ministers to request money for ourselves. Nor are we here to somehow gain some sort of status or recognition or reputation on behalf of being here. We have forsaken our own comfort and rights in order to nurture you. 
like a mother does with her children, because we love you. We have poured ourselves out for you, and we hope to do so more and more, so that we aren't just sharing a message with you, but we're sharing ourselves with you, our very lives, because you are so dear to us. We work both night and day so that we don't have to ask you for any money as we proclaim Christ to you. Like a father over his family, we seek to provide you with what you need and to challenge you to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of God. And we thank God that every time you hear the word of God, you don't reject it as mere fiction from the minds of men, but you weigh it out and accept it as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work inside of you. Because of this... You are our hope and joy and crown of boasting before Jesus when he comes, if there is any reason for us to boast of anything, because he has worked in you through this ministry. There have been times when we have suffered through personal pain or corporate hardships, uh, even now. But this is expected, right? Because we live in a sinful world that wants to destroy us. But through all these circumstances, we've been able to continue on living only because of the faith that we all have in our steadfast Lord. And in the close bond that we have as family members in Christ. For these things, we are thankful to God and we are even full of joy in our sufferings. In the midst of all these things, we pray that our God and Father and our Lord Jesus makes us all increase in love for one another and for the world around us, so that he makes us able to stand before Christ with pure hearts when he comes with all his saints. As we move forward as a church and as individuals in Christ, I want to exhort you to live a life that is established on the wisdom of God that is found in the Bible. Not, oh, sorry. And to, every day, seek to live a life that is more and more pleasing to God. His will is that we be sanctified. And one of the implications of this is that we all need to run away from sexual sins, like lust, fornication, homosexuality. We have to exhibit self-control over our bodies in holiness and honor, not being controlled by our own personal passions and pleasures, sinning against God and one another. Don't find your identity in these passions. You should not be defined by anything in the world that you lust after or consume or produce. Instead, we should find all our identity in Christ and everything else should be subject to that relationship. We have to be careful not to disregard these commands because God is holy and just and he will repay those who disregard his warnings. These commands to be sanctified are not the commands of men. They're not the commands of me or Dale or Tanner. They're of God. So take them seriously. Regarding church unity, I really feel like I can say this. What more needs to be said? I feel like you know how you ought to live in community because you've heard the word of God on this matter numerous times. However, even though your unity as a church is relatively strong, I would urge you to find more and more ways to cultivate your love for one another as Christians. Aspire to work and to produce good things and earn a living so that you can not only supply your own needs, but also meet the needs of others in the church. If you're able to work a job, then do it, even if it's not a glamorous one. 
so that you aren't totally dependent on everybody else. And as you work day to day, maintain your hope in Christ, knowing that he is going to come back, not just for you, but for all the saints throughout eternity who have put their faith in him. Jesus rose from the grave as a kind of first fruits from the dead. And when he descends from heaven, there will be a cry of command and a loud trumpet that awakens the dead and brings all of the saints together to live forever with Christ in a new and perfect creation. Find encouragement in this, even if not especially in your day-to-day work. And encourage each other with this truth. Even though we don't know exactly when the day of Christ's return will come, we know that when it does come, it will come suddenly and unexpectedly, like a burglar in the middle of the night. While people all over the world are carrying on as they normally do and making plans as they normally would, Jesus will return. And at that time, destruction will come upon the enemies of God. But for those of us who are in Christ, we don't have any reason to fear because our guilt has been washed away. And since we have nothing to hide, we should look forward to that day with faith and hope. Because we are destined to receive salvation through Jesus who died for us. Again, this is an encouragement that we should all share with one another and use to build one another up. Because we have hope that all the difficulties of the world will be wiped away and will be ultimately counted as nothing in light of the glory of God that we will experience. We know that God will judge all unrighteousness at that time. And that everyone who has suffered for the name of Christ will be comforted when he comes. All injustice will be destroyed. And that's a comforting thought. All of those in the world who delight in evil and who refuse the love of Christ will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of God when Jesus comes. On that day, God will be glorified and marveled at among all who have believed in him. Our prayer as elders in this church is that every one of you may be called by God to have faith and to persevere to the very end so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to God's grace. Dark days will come before Christ returns and the spirit of Satan will be let loose in the world to oppose God and to even proclaim himself to be God and to perform false signs and wonders in power. He will deceive many people who have refused the truth of the gospel, and God will hand them over to condemnation for their disbelief. But the Lord Jesus, who created the universe and calmed the storm with what? Words. Will put to an end all evil for all eternity by the breath of his mouth. And he'll bring it to nothing when it comes. When he comes. Regarding that judgment, we don't have anything to be worried about for those who are saved. As a matter of fact, we owe God gratitude and thankfulness because he chose you to be saved through sanctification by the Holy Spirit and belief in the truth. And so you will not be handed over to condemnation. You have been called through the gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you ought to stand firm and hold on to the truths that you have been taught by us and by the word of God in the Bible. We pray that Jesus Christ our, and our God and Father who loved us and gave us an eternal comfort and hope through his own grace, would call you to himself and comfort you and persevere you in his will. Finally, we ask that you pray that the word of God may be proclaimed among all people and that it may be received as it has been among you and that no scheme of the devil would stop it 
God is faithful to do all that he has planned. He will protect those who are his against the evil one. We need to be careful, all of us, to obey the commands of God. And we need to work together to stay faithful to the gospel of Christ. If anyone in the church hears these words and then continues in laziness, then you need to warn them and have no part of their idleness. You know how you ought to live. You need to work to meet your own material needs, just as we as elders work among you, but do not ask anything of you. You should labor in your own job and don't take advantage of others. Don't try to take the wealth of other people, but earn your own living. Don't grow weary in doing good. Heed the commands of God and rebuke those in the church who are sinning, warning them out of love for them as brothers, humbly. We ask that you would support us as elders by praying for us and being gentle with us, even though we are broken men trying to lead in the name of Christ. We ask that you as a church would be at peace among yourselves, that you would admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with each other. It's hard sometimes. See that nobody repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance. Every circumstance. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body, all of you, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. May he grant you peace, the peace of himself, in every way. The Lord be with you. I'm saying these things in my own words so that you may know that they're coming from me and that they are genuine. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. These words are for the church. At Christ Reconciled Church. Let's pray. Father God, you have a lot to say to us. And, and we need every, every letter of it. I pray that they would not pass over us and leave us unchanged people, but that they would, they would affect us. I pray that you would do exactly what was just said, that you would work in us, that you would call us to a better life by your own grace. We don't deserve to be here. We don't deserve to call ourselves a church or to call ourselves Christians. It's a gift. It's something that you and only you could do for us. I pray that you would work in the leaders here and in the church here and that the gospel would be proclaimed from this place. And I pray that it would be received out of the, out of the witness of other people and out of the witness of the people that are in this church. I pray that you would be in our songs, in our worship, in our response, in our prayers, and that our lives would just be shaped 
by you and that we would be encouraged by what you're doing, by what you've done through us and what you're doing and what you're going to do. I pray that we would thank you always for what we have, for what you've given us. I pray that during this time, we would thank you. And in Jesus' name, amen.